0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cine-ish here on the TBR Media Podcast Network. My name is Jared, your host for the day, and we have got a lovely show lined up for you. Later in the episode, Ren will be joining me to talk about all of the supposed snubs at the Oscars and what we think about the categories and the nominations. I'm really excited for that conversation. I have a feeling it's going to be quite spicy, and you'll want to tune in for it. So stay around for that. We're also going to be talking about a whole host of news. This is now a monthly podcast. So we are not doing the weekly news anymore, but I'll just rip some headlines over the course of the last month and just kind of put it out in the air for you. Um, I'm not going to go as depth into all of the news as I previously did, but I'm still going to give you a lot of the big headlines, and I'll talk about it a little bit. So if all of that sounds good to you, let's get into some of the news from the last month. I first want to start out by talking about the news of Moana 2, which is coming in November, according to Disney's CEO, Bob Iger. So this was kind of an exciting announcement. We learned a little while ago that this originally was supposed to be like an animated series for Disney+. And when Bob Iger saw the footage, they basically decided that they wanted to just kind of reformat it and put it out as a feature film, as a a sequel to the original Moana, which was the most streamed movie of last year, guys. I mean, people are still watching that movie in record numbers. So I'm really excited to see that Moana 2 is coming out later in November. Another thing that we should mention is Jurassic World is not dead yet it's coming out in 2025 and the original writer of jurassic park david Kep, is returning to pen the script so this movie is kind of moving fast in production we didn't even know about it and all of a sudden we have a writer attached it is on the track and it hopefully will be finished filming at the end of this year and they will be in the uh, post-production element um, of jurassic world and we'll See what the finished product looks like in 2025. Can't wait for that. Other news, Dakota Johnson, Pedro Pascal, and Chris Evans are in talk for Celine Song's The Materialists. Now, I'm super excited about this. One, because I love Pedro Pascal and Dakota Johnson. No hate towards Chris Evans, but those are kind of the two actors that I follow pretty intensely. But Past Lives was a movie that I absolutely loved from 2023. It was my favorite film of the year. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, when we get to the Oscar conversation later in the episode. But Celine Song is due for a follow-up now, and she announced that she was focusing on a New York-set romantic comedy called The Materialist, and we now have a cast attached to it. Dakota Johnson, Pedro Pascal, and Chris Evans are circling the lead roles. It promises a more comedic bend than the more sorrowful, nostalgic, emotional parts of past lives. So don't expect Song to go shallow in any regard. She's citing her influence for this one as James L. Brooks, master of the complicated rom-com. So I'm really excited for this project. A24 is once more backing Song alongside producer and Killer Films boss Christine Vacan. The film's rights will end up for sale at this year's European Film Market in Berlin, and we expect them to be snapped up pretty quickly given how past lives has done very well in the awards circuit. Another interesting news article to come out is about Doug Liman boycotting it, his own premiere of Roadhouse at South by Southwest in March. Um, basically, he went on to just call you know, Amazon, a bunch of flubs basically because they promised him that this would go directly to cinemas or wasn't necessarily that they promised that it would go directly to cinemas. They said, quote, we'll see what happens. They made a big push in the last couple of years to really delve into the theatrical market and making movies for the big screen. And Lyman basically is boycotting the film because he says that they abandoned that Uh, philosophy as a company. And so he went on publicly to call out the film and say that he wouldn't be attending his own movie's premiere. So that was really interesting. And I think he has every right to speak out on it and every right to be upset. The trailer looked pretty action packed. Uh, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm excited to see where this movie goes. And who doesn't want to see Conor McGregor and Jake Gyllenhaal fight? I mean, we all do. So uh, look forward to more news on Roadhouse. Hopefully, they do end up switching it to a theatrical release at some point, especially with all the backlash that they've been getting. I could see it in its near future. Another thing I wanted to talk about, and the last thing before we get into the main Oscars conversation of this episode, is the fact that Hulu and Disney Plus are going to be cracking down on password sharing, and that is going to be starting pretty soon on March 14th. New subscribers are already banned from sharing logins outside of their own household. Uh, Hulu's subscriber agreement updated on January 25th now states that users may not share your subscription outside of your household, with household being defined as a collection of devices associated with your primary personal residence that are used by individuals who reside therein. So this is kind of something that we saw coming. It's not really shocking to anyone, at least I hope it isn't. Uh, You know, Netflix implemented something like this a couple years back, and A lot of the big streamers are kind of gearing up for more and more of these password crackdowns because they want new subscribers. That is their whole business model is to gain new subscribers. And they can't do that if Joe Blow is sharing his password with 10 other people and they aren't paying for the service. So when Netflix implemented this, they gained 13 million new subscribers in 2023. That is significantly higher than the previous years before as they kind of saw a decline in new subscribers so it does work to crack down on password sharing as a business model Um, and i think that they do have a right to say no you can't share your password with other people especially companies like netflix and like hulu and disney plus that make a lot of content for their streaming services it makes less sense when your streaming service has nothing for content Right. Like you have nothing on there. You're not producing anything. So why do you care who, you know, I share the password with? It's just a bunch of old television shows, old sitcoms. I get that as a company, you need to maximize profits. um, But if you're not backing up your service with actual, you know, quality, original content, I don't think it matters as much. But in this case, Hulu, Disney Plus and Netflix all produce a significant amount of content. And I think it's okay. Another thing that I thought was really interesting is Apple. Apple has been making some moves recently, and they just recently upset a lot of people um, as well, doing doing away with basically their ad-free tier and trying to push people up to an actual paid subscription that's set at a higher rate than their ad-free plan. Um And, you know, again, they get more money from advertising revenue than they do probably from their actual subscribers. So uh, it kind of makes sense that companies are, you know, nowadays just starting to push people to either the ad free plan or not the ad free plan. They're pushing people to either the ad plan that, you know, you get a commercial break every every five or ten minutes or they're pushing people to their highest paid subscribe, you know, uh, subscription tier. Either one um, works for them because no matter what, they're either going to make more money off of you uh, by, you know, selecting the ad plan or they're going to get a substantial amount higher for the base ad free plan. So it kind of makes sense. Nonetheless, let me know what you think of all of that. And without further ado, let's get on to our Oscars conversation. All right, so before we start our Oscars discussion, we wanted to tell you a little bit about some of the exciting changes coming to the Oscars in twenty twenty five for films. So this will be at the twenty twenty six Oscar ceremony. They've added a new category for the first time in some ungodly amount of time, which I think it's like two thousand and one. So it's been quite a while, twenty-four years, they haven't added a category. when this takes place, okay. Uh, when I was this like, begins, I was
1: like, it and, hasn't been 24 years since <laughs> 2001. I'm I was born in 1999, sir.
0: Yes, but they added a new category for best casting for that 2025 film slate. So that's pretty exciting. That's I mean, honestly, when you look at kind of the way that things have been going at the Oscars, with all the discussion that we'll get in when we talk about nominations. This has kind of been a hot topic. A lot of people have wanted to see two specific categories, a category for a casting and a category for stunt performing. Now, I've been on the train of stunt performers. At least the stunt directors should have their own category, right? But um, but the, the whole concept of it has been kind of shady. It's been like, who comes up to accept the awards? Well, the stunt coordinators, of course. Like the anyway, costume
1: designers. It's literally, yeah, it's not that difficult. So
0: it's not that difficult for that. However, someone made a really good point recently, and I forget who it was, but I've seen it circulating, which is like, so a lot of these things that you can can judge by the finished product of the film. Mm -hmm. Stunt performing, it's a little bit more complicated. And before I kind of like dived into the specifics of how this would work, I was like, what are you talking about? It's not that complicated. But then I thought about it with, you know, all of these people talking about, Well, every other category you can kind of glean from the actual movie that's finished. This one, you know, there are, like, editing tricks that you can use in, like, big action set pieces. And, like, there's a lot of work that can go in post-production that isn't indicative of the actual stunts that were being performed. So you would basically have to have, like, a voting body that was on these sets working with, like, the stunt coordinators, or at least, like watching them perform in order to, like, really, like, determine who basically, you know, coordinated these stunts the best. So I thought that that was a really interesting kind of counter argument to the discussion of a best stunt performance
1: category. Yeah, but I feel like in that, like, in that retrospect, like, okay, maybe you just do it, like, who had the best stunt, and every, like, movie that releases gets to, like, submit a a bid, if you will.
0: I guess, yeah, you would have to, like, do
1: I'm a behind-the-
0: like, You would have to have a camera crew. That would be an additional cost for film production. Okay,
1: but I feel like there's always, like, okay, maybe there isn't, and maybe I just watch Tom Cruise too much, because I always see that man's behind-the-scenes.
0: Yeah, but uh, he the reason that he does his stuff is because he wants people to see kind of the movie magic that goes into doing a lot of his, you know? Yeah shit um that he will die on in space when he shoots that movie with doug lyman can't get in space (laughs) oh but he's going to try um and stop trying to go to space tom cruise please so i thought that that was interesting i'm overall i'm just excited to see a category Mm -hmm. that's new and fresh and honestly casting is a huge part of movie making especially in the pre-development process Mm -hmm. like
1: that is a a task that i mean like mean girls is a sorry not to interrupt you but mean girls is a big example of that like katie yeah my girl is very talented but when you're at a caliber of everyone else that is in that movie yeah you feel like not that great yeah not that great it's like buttered toast compared to like a freshly made like French toast in like Fran- in France, and you're like, yeah, but yeah. do you want this buttered toast? It's still good. It's just not great.
0: <laughs> it's just, I like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm excited to see it. Let's shift our focus. Let's talk about the actual Academy Award nominations that were released uh, at the end of last month. So um, we're doing a monthly podcast now, FYI. Uh, so like all of this, you know, is like kind of older news, but... We're going to talk about it anyway, uh, because I think it's still relevant. We've still got a full other month to go before the actual Academy Awards. So why not dive into some of the things that, um, you know, that people were discussing? And that is going to include the quote unquote Barbie snubs that occurred. And we're going to talk about everything else in between and maybe even give some of our picks on who we would have put in these categories ourselves. Do you want to tell them about our bet that we've made? We did make a bet. We made a bet that... It's for best actor. It's for best best actor, right. So at this point, the favor for me anyway, the way I'm looking at kind of this award field... um, we're doing this backwards, but that's okay. We'll talk about the category nonetheless. Um, or maybe we'll glance over the category um, we'll as we're already over. talking about it. <laughs> uh, so right now, I think it's clear to everyone that there are two people in contention for best actor. And it comes down to Killian Murphy and Paul Giamatti for you know, Oppenheimer and The Holdovers, respectively. Who knows what's actually going to happen, but if I had to place money on it, I'm saying that Paul Giamatti is going to um, take that award.
1: And I'm obviously as a Killian Stan, um, I love him. I think that if you ever watch any of Killian's interviews, and you want to know what Jared would be like if he was famous in in, in interviews, exactly that. Yeah, that speak English, please. <laughs> when they're talking about, you know, like when they ship you guys together, and he's like, "What are you saying to what, me?" Right? What are you talking
0: about? <laughs> what, what what meme are you referencing? I don't know what a meme is.
1: Yeah, uh, um, but we bet. I think he has to do my laundry for a month. Yeah. If I win. And I don't remember what I have to do.
0: Yeah. We get so she has to have (laughs) movies or television shows on while she sleeps because she needs the sound and the light. I sleep in pitch blackness. So we've come to the conclusion that if I win this bet, I get to at least play black screen storms. Throughout the night, rather than watching Phineas and Ferb or listening to Phineas and Ferb for the thousandth time in a row.
1: I switch it up. Sometimes it's New Girls. Sometimes it's the nanny. Yeah. But typically it is Phineas and Ferb. And Candace screaming does wake oh my him up gosh. every time. Which, exciting news, not what we're talking about. But the new Phineas and Ferb is coming out soon. Yeah, this year, right? Yeah, Disney, if you want to send a screener. Not to Disney, him. Disney not ain't gonna send not us to him. It doesn't to matter.
0: You're on my network now.
1: <laughs> to me, I love you Disney. You're
0: in the night country now and <laughs> Disney don't
1: like me. So, okay, but I love Disney. Disney, Disney. I love you. <laughs> like we had we
0: when when, you know, so they, you know, obviously the acquisition of Hulu into Disney. Disney had a majority stake in Hulu already, but now they're going to just buy it out, right? And Period. so um So right around the time that all of that discussion was happening, I actually got booted out from screeners at Hulu. Um, And that's not to put anyone on blast, but it kind of (laughs) is. Like, I lost access to screeners through Hulu um, when Disney decided that they were just going to buy out Hulu outright. And so Disney don't like me. I get screeners from most other streaming companies, the big ones anyway, and, like, they just simply do not like me at Disney. And that's fine.
1: But Um, I love you, Disney. I yeah. love
0: you. It was um, send it to my email. What was it? I have a podcast titled Oh, it's titled Disney is truly awful sometimes, and I'm pretty sure that's the pot because I kind of went in. I don't even remember what that was over. I think it was regarding the John Boyega Star Wars situation and oh, all God. of that. And anyway, so like they don't like me. That's fine. Moving on.
1: Moving on. Oscars.
0: Oscars. Um, I will win the bet just because the Academy actually doesn't give awards to the people who and for the record i think both actors in this instance deserve that award they're they're i don't know
1: why he's like saying this like all of a sudden he became god in the one that reads the the votes from the academy but from what i know neither of us are academy voters no we aren't (laughs) but they
0: they like to do this honorary award system sometimes so like for instance i think of um, what's that Winston Churchill biopic from a few years back with Gary Oldman? The Darkest Hour. Uh, the Darkest Hour. Now, Gary Oldman rightfully deserved that Oscar. I, I forget who he was in contention with, but it was like I, I wasn't personally placing my bets on Gary Oldman, but they gave it to him anyway. Because there is this kind of underlying, like we have to give people honorary Oscars. At okay, some but point. if we
1: were going to give an and honorary, Paul Giamatti has if, never got But one. if we were going to give an honorary Oscar, we should have maybe done it for Chadwick Boseman. And that's my opinion. And I'm dropping it. It's Black History Month, well, when we're filming this, so blah, 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 blah. they they clearly thought that that's what was going to happen. They should have. On, on they should have it.
0: Well, they I should think, have fudged it. I, I mean, if you're going to go all the way to reorganize every category so that best actor is last so that he has a, you know, so that we end the show honoring Chadwick Boseman, you probably should have just fudged the fucking numbers. Um, <laughs> I don't think that they should have done that. I don't think that they should have reorganized the show in that way, and I do like the actual presentation of that year. I mean, you had Regina King hosting. Wow she's fantastic fantastic. and like the whole like the whole motion of the cameras overhead you know on the tracks above the audience that was cool as fuck like the actual presentation of that year and i don't mind you switching up the reordering of the categories but but like like, best picture
1: is supposed to be last from
0: from the actors like the lead actors onward don't touch it like don't don't touch the order of anything yeah like Um, give them their moment bro yeah so that was a problem but anyway they like to honor people sometimes and i feel like Paul Giamatti is at that place in his career where it's looking like he is favored. Okay, well,
1: you know what? The only thing I remember him from is Liar Liar, so I'm good.
0: yeah, I mean, Liar Liar (laughs) for sure, but you, I mean, here's the thing. They're both good. Paul Giamatti, actually, it's the only character this year that you can smell as an audience member. You can smell. He smells like fish that's in the script, and the way that he portrays that character, you literally can smell him on screen cat? no it's not cap you want to know you what i can you want to know what
1: i can i can smell mm. when i watch oppenheimer what radiation
0: radiation <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's fun so anyway that's our little bit yeah i know i've been doing it the whole time don't mind <laughs> me uh you pay you pay for this um you can get kind of a video version of the podcast if you sign up on our youtube Uh, page. So if you go over and join one of the tiers, I think it's the producer tier, you can get access to a portion of this podcast in video form. That's your plug to do that. Uh, Let's talk about the rest of the categories and the races. So the film that nabbed a total of 13 nominations, followed by Poor Things with 11, Killers of the Flower Moon with 10, and Barbie with 8 was Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer got 13
1: award nominations. Honestly, as it should. We love Oppie. sometimes love Christopher Nolan. Again, still sus that he doesn't pass cast a lot of people of color. Yeah. He gets he gets his one like trophy person.
0: Yeah, for that biopic, it makes sense. It but does. for every other movie I I agree, except maybe Dunkirk. I okay, yeah. That's like,
1: yeah, no, that's a but, period piece. Makes but, sense. But you
0: know, like Interstellar, you, yeah, you probably could have tenant, you probably could have had more than just John David Washington and so on and so forth. Anyway, uh he still makes brilliant films and he will get his award this year for or for uh, Oppenheimer. That's the reason I said killers there was because again, the Academy loves Martin Scorsese. And so even though I don't think the movie is as strong as Oppenheimer, I could see them also maybe in a year where he, where Christopher Nolan didn't direct Oppenheimer, (laughs) that that they would give it to Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Anyway, we're going to talk about all these things. So let's start off with um, the snub, so to speak. So a lot of people, let's get this out of the way right now. Barbie was not snubbed for anything. Um, you heard it here first. Barbie got its Best Picture nom. It, it's leading with, what, 10 nominations? Is that what eight. we eight Eight nominations. Um, it got its due. And historically, movies that do that well at the box office do not get anywhere close to that amount of nominations. Um, th- this movie was rewarded rightfully so in the categories that it's nominated in. And the reason I say it's not a snub is because every other person in that category for director, except maybe I would argue Martin Scorsese, but that's for another conversation. That's a hot take. Um, but every other person, especially in the lead actress category deserved to be there. Like, so you can only call it a snub. If someone came out of the blue out of nowhere, and, like, got put in the... Like, could you imagine... Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of someone who would come out of the blue this year that... Okay, let's just take this for instance. Let's say that Jennifer Lawrence got in the Best Lead Actress category for No Hard Feelings, uh, and um, Margot Robbie didn't for Barbie. Now we can have a discussion about snubs, right? Yeah. Like, n- now we're in real cat- territory. Like, of, like,
1: let's be real, like, who would you take out? Right. And I know the only place that like, and this is going to read wrong, but it's okay. Um, for best supporting actress, I would take out America Ferrera. I would. That's my opinion. That's where I s- sit. I don't know who I'd replace her with. Uh,
0: yeah, I. Uh, we can look at that as we go down <laughs> this list here. Um, Other important things to note, this is the first year in which films have to meet two of the four representation and inclusion standards that the Academy set a couple years ago in order to be eligible for best picture. So they had to have a certain number of um, inclusion requirements in front of the camera and behind the camera, Uh, people of marginalized communities, women, um, you know. So this is the first year where that rule takes in effect. And obviously, as you can see, no one had any issues hitting this, these, you know, inclusivity standards. Um, So that's something to note. The 96 Academy Awards will be aired live coast to coast on ABC on Sunday, March 10th from the Dolby Theater, as always, at Ovation Hollywood. And Jimmy Kimmel is set to return for hosting. So Pretty safe bet for like hosting mm-hmm. uh, i i would like to see them spice it up a little bit more but jimmy kimmel has hosted the past you know couple of times this is his uh, fourth time hosting he'll be fine it'll all be fine um let's, just
1: don't want a chris rock to ever happen again
0: yeah uh and don't get joe joe coy either for the record <laughs> <laughs> just uh yeah ignore no comedians Right. I I do think we should be looking at the Regina King situation and being like, we need to model that again because she's in the industry. She's actually in the industry. And that's not saying that Jimmy Kimmel isn't in the entertainment business. Obviously, he is. Same with any other comedian they get.
1: But they're like in the Oscar, like they've been in the conversation of like SAG-AFTRA, stuff like that. They're well respected by other actors and directors and the people that are going to make these like incredible film. So, right. they're like when they're making the jokes, people are like ha ha ha, it's funnier cuz I know you get it personally cuz you've also been in stuff. You've also directed. Regina King has directed, right? She has. Yes. Yeah, I was pretty sure I remember this from like Black History Month like a couple years ago, like 2 years ago.
0: Yeah, she has. Um and so like yeah, like just get someone like that. P. It's P. not hard.
1: Yeah, you could get that Jordan P. Pe- yeah. You, that would be so good. There you good.
0: go. There you go. Like, you, you get it. I did it.
1: You're welcome. That, Oscars?
0: Yes, that Can- actually would be good. Even, like, I think Will Ferrell will do fine. You know, you could go with a safe, you know, on-screen comedian that we've had around for years, mm-hmm. and, and everything would work um, just as well. So, let's talk about Best Picture. So, 10 films. Uh, American Fiction, Anatomy of the Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro- Oppenheimer, past lives, poor things, um,
1: and the zone of interest. and the zone of interest.
0: Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I ha- actually I haven't seen that movie yet. That's the one on this list. That well, I guess there's two I haven't seen. I haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall yet, mostly because you know they're doing at most theaters they're doing kind of this best picture roundup, and so they're releasing films slowly leading up to the Best Picture, and when that comes around our area in theaters again, I will go out and see probably both those movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless, let's keep going here. Uh, Out of those right now, I think it's pretty safe to say that Oppenheimer is the clear winner. Are there any choices on here? I guess you haven't seen most of these movies. I
1: can tell you from my personal opinion of unbiasedness, um, as I am an Academy voter, Sure. (laughs) Um, Poor things. I haven't seen it, but everything that I've seen from it, the conversations that I've heard have been incredible. I also, I love Emma. I love her. I love Mark Ruffalo. I love him. Like, it's just a good vibe. And, like, it's just super, like, it looks super fun and funny. Um, It is. It's hilarious. And it is back in theaters, and I will be making an appearance to go see it. Because I didn't get to see it the first time. It was just timing, guys. I had to work. He went to go see it, and I had to work. Please know that I didn't purposely avoid this movie.
0: So you have other things in here. You have two uh, heavy-hitting streaming services that are in here with their movies as well, one being Killers of the Flower Moon from Apple, and then the other one being um, Maestro from Netflix. I, I liked Maestro. I don't get a lot of the hate surrounding that movie, Fell flat in a couple of places, but overall, Carrie Mulligan is so fucking good. And also Bradley Cooper's really good in his direction. You can feel it. He's just a, he's one of those people that's like a triple threat when you talk about people that can do everything. Like he certainly deserves to be here with this nom. I was also very happy to see Past Lives in one category, at least. Um, <laughs> and especially for Best Picture, that is my favorite movie of 2023. And it completely got shut out of every other category. That's fine. It's not a snub necessarily, um, but I'm glad to see it on Best Picture. I think it's going one way, and it'll be Oppenheimer. So, Best Director, we have Justin Trier for Anatomy, uh, Justine Trier, sorry, for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, Yorgos Lanthimos, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Um, the yeah. snub,
1: let's talk about it. It's not Greta Gerwig, it's Celine Song. I said it.
0: Yeah, right. And so, yeah, if we were drafting our own list here, I would take out probably Martin Scorsese and I'd put in Celine Song uh, just because I think she directed the better movie of the two. Um, But the source material of Killers of the Flower Moon is half the reason that it's doing so well. It is a story, you know, based on true events that needs to be talked about and we need to discuss. Um, We brutally murdered the people of the Osage Nation and... It led to some pretty harrowing firsthand accounts of kind of the crime and tragedy surrounding um, that story. And so that's part of the reason why it's getting so much awards tension. But I think that Martin Scorsese didn't direct the better movie out of that in past lives. So I would have given it to Celine Song for sure.
1: Um, Who directed Saltburn? Uh, Emerald Fennel. I'm gonna be really real and like I understand that I haven't seen a lot of these movies, but like her direction in that movie, top tier. I top mean, she tier.
0: got she got I think she got a nom for her last film, Promising Young Woman, with Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan's a frequent with uh Emerald Fennel, which I love because I love Carrie Mulligan.
1: But yeah, no, I just I think like the direction and like I don't know what how you guys feel about Saltburn, but I loved Saltburn, so I would have probably thrown her in there. Yeah. So That's That's fair. Saltburn got snubbed. That's my opinion. Yeah. I'm going to start throwing around the word snub all the time. It's
0: so hard for me because I haven't seen two of the best pictures. So I don't know whether or not it's, you know, the zone of interest or anatomy of a fall is better than Saltburn.
1: I don't think it needs to be a best picture nom, but I think for best directing, like I get that it's so. un. Well, you go
0: from 10 to five there. It It doesn't have a favorable odd of getting in the five. I
1: know. It's like, and it's historically like not typical for a best picture like director not to get like the best directing nomination if that sentence makes sense yeah
0: it's happened and it's happened in recent years more than people might think but historically you know yeah like whoever lands best director is likely probably getting best picture too um not always the case i don't think it was the case last year i don't think no it did the daniels one the year before that i forget what 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 was in competition that year, but I don't think that the year before last that the director and picture were 22? the same. Yeah, that would have been 22.
1: I will double check for you. Keep talking. No,
0: no, no. What is this the year of, um,
1: this is everything it, everywhere. Uh, that was the year that, uh, Ariana DeBose. Got in-
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then, yeah, not the same year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, check that out. And as you're checking that out, let me run down the best actor in a leading role category. We have Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo getting in here for Rustin, Paul Giamatti, Killian Murphy, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. I think all of these are good choices. You kind of heard us discuss our feelings of it earlier, but we basically think that you know either Killian Murphy or Paul Giamatti are in close contention for that award. We'll just have to see how things shake up. For Best Actress in a leading role, we have Annette Benning getting in for Niad. Hell yeah. Yes. Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Sandra H- Huller for Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Pretty stacked cast. And this is this is why, like the the actual like nomination, you you can't call it a snub for Margot Robbie because You know, granted, I haven't seen one of these films, and that's anatomy of a fall, but who are you taking out exactly? And I know the obvious answer for a lot of people would probably be Annette Benning for Niad, but I don't know. Like I feel like Annette Benning had to embody a whole persona that is not her own. Like, Diana Nyad, for all her faults, is a really intriguing and kind of captivating character in real life. Like, you know, like she's kind of self-centered. There's a whole conversation in that movie about, you know, how much she embellishes certain things and they graze over it a little bit, but I think it's a really solid performance. So I don't think it's a snub that Annette Benning's here and Margot Robbie isn't, but that's just me. Are you having trouble finding it?
1: 2021.
0: Okay. So 2021... Was the year that Nomadland won Best Picture correct? Yes. Okay.
1: But it got nominated for. Um, it looks like that was also the year of Promising Young Woman, where Emerald Fennel got her nomination. It was another round. Thomas Vinterberg. It is not in the nominations of Best Picture.
0: Wait. So what won Best Director?
1: Um, Nomadland. Oh, oh. But okay. another round, he got a nomination, mm-hmm. and he is not in the Best Picture.
0: Right. Yeah. So it doesn't happen too often. Um. But anyway, so that's really interesting here. You know, I I don't even know that I could put in Greta Lee for past lives here. I don't know that I would take anyone out for Greta Lee either. And that was my favorite movie of the year. So, again, with the word snub, you got to use it. You got to use it correctly. Like, really. Um I don't know how you're feeling about this category but I think it's set in stone that Lily Gladstone is walking away with this. I I mean I don't see any other
1: I think that scenario. Would, that's also like she's uh, isn't I'm I'm saying this with confusion and um clarification needed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is the first like Native American like woman nomination. Yes,
0: right. you're you're correct.
1: And I really genuinely Yeah, at, and she made the, a
0: really good point during the Golden Globes ceremony to point out the fact that how many movies have featured like native actors and they've just been sl- like swept under the rug entirely. And so it's uh this is this is her year and this is a win that's a long time coming but we're glad to see it.
1: Yeah, it's just like Kiwi Kwan.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, for Best Actor, you have uh, this is supporting, by the way. Uh, you have Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction. So glad that he finally got his first nom. So happy for him. It's much like Coleman Domingo in the lead acting category. I love to see everything coming, you know, into focus for these two actors. They're both great. Um, you have Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. No chance. Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. Ryan Gosling for Barbie. And Mark Ruffalo for poor things. Okay. So right off the bat.
1: Ryan Gosling. Let's let's just talk about it. I'm just Ken, dude. I'm just Ken. Yeah. You're just Ken. I'm just Ken. We're all just Ken. And you know, he's knuff for these Oscars. Here's the thing. He's knuff. I <laughs> I think
0: that this is the true snub of all of these categories. Um there exists a world in which you have two actors from Poor Things sneak into this race, and that's Willem Dafoe and Mark Ruffalo. Now I'm glad to see Mark Ruffalo nominated. However, Willem Dafoe is so fucking funny <laughs> in Poor Things, and, and yeah, and Willem and Willem is just like super, like he's just a good person. He radiates good vibes, and that performance is so weird because he's essentially playing like Frankenstein in poor things and so like you know you have all of this prosthetic makeup on his face and he looks off and he has to portray a sense of compassion with his monstrous creation and so like yeah, he's Frankenstein but he's like a human at the end of the day and that's such a hard thing to to kind of navigate for a performance. And so truthfully, I think that he should have been here over Ryan Gosling. I don't think that Ryan Gosling should have been anywhere near this category. Like if we're talking about the best like supporting male roles this year like are you kidding me like i would have rather had charles melton come in here for may december like it's kind of astonishing that he got anywhere near this category not like i and i love ryan gosling i will defend him to the day i die probably unless he does something horrible but like that that was the this is the one area in this whole thing where i'm like really confused what about you though what are you looking at the red light Oh yeah, it's fine. I'm only clipping a section of it, oh, so we flay. can just keep going.
1: Okay, cool. Um, I love Ryan Gosling as much as the next gal, except for his performance in La La Land. Um. He's great in La La Land. I don't know what you're fucking on. I told you that the only reason that he now makes sense in La La Land is because of Roger. But I'm still mad that he's like telling the brown man freaking Childish Gambit. No, no, it's John John Legend. Legend. John Legend being like, Jazz is supposed to. Shut up, bro. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Jazz is built on the back of black people. And you're trying to like. Oh, let's circle back to the best actress situation
0: for a second. Because I just saw. Best Actress in a Supporting Role, and it reminded me. Also, where is Fantasia Burino? Like, so, like, yeah, Margot Robbie is great, or whatever. But
1: like, I like, w- like, that's another person that could have been on this list. I would have put her, and I said this when we got back after seeing The Color Purple. That if I was somebody and I had a little ballot, and they were like, "Who do you think?" I would have put Fantasia over Margot Robbie. You
0: know? I would have even put Fantasia over Annette Benning here yeah. in this in this category. Like, that is who I would swap. Yeah,
1: so, no, 1,000%. I think Fantasia did an incredible job. That movie would not... The be, Color Purple, yeah. Yeah, that movie, sorry, would not be anything without her in her performance. She was absolutely incredible, fantastic, amazing, slay.
0: You look at the camera like it's on still. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't um, like being perceived. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like, I mean... Truthfully, like that's another actor who I would have put in that slot. Obviously, if you expand these categories to ten, you would have seen Greta Gerwig and you would have seen Margo Robbie both get nominations for their respective. But categories. they still
1: got nominations yeah, they did, for Barbie because, because they, they are both producers. Yes. So like let's like remember that. That the nomination for Barbie is the nomination for Greta and Margot at this. It's a double, it's a double threat, a triple threat. Yeah, like what happened with Top Gun Maverick? Top Gun Maverick was shut out entirely
0: last year in these major categories. It got a Best Picture nom because there are 10 nomination slots. It didn't get an acting and it didn't get a directing nom.
1: But that nomination for Top Gun Maverick was a nomination for Tom Cruise. Yes, it was. Absolutely. And we have to remember that when we're thinking you can only, there are how many movies that came out in 2023 and you can only nominate five?
0: Ten. In this case, well, for best yeah, picture. But like
1: for the actor yeah. and the actresses and the best director, you can only nominate five. You have to look at all the movies you've seen and been like that meet the qualifications and go, These are the five best and it's always in your personal opinion, what right. you think is the best. Right. And that's going to vary from especially from like an academy voter standpoint to like an everyday watcher. Like everyday watchers are upset about the what they feel are the Barbie snubs as somebody that used to be more of an everyday watcher, and now I'm kind of a film enthusiast.
0: <laughs> A um, bit, except when you take me to see lisa frankenstein uh, hey, anyway hey hey
1: hey hey hey, hey. <laughs>
0: go watch her review for that
1: <laughs> um when you said frankenstein i had flashbacks i had war flashbacks um but when you're taking that everyday watcher they're not going to understand why uh like in like they're not going to understand the Annette, Benny, and Nyad, because they didn't watch it, or Lily Gladstone for *Killers of the Flower Moon, or Anatomy of the Fall, like, probably half these movies they didn't watch. I'll give them...
0: Over. Yeah, Over. Way oh, over.
1: Majority of the, like, just looking at the best actress category, I would be surprised if anybody that I know that loves Barbie as much as like, I love Barbie, um, has watched these things i think you might get a few that are like oh i love emma stone so i'm glad to see her in this but the rest of them they probably think are like oh well margot robbie could have gone it gone in one of these categories And i'm like yeah but you haven't seen their work and what they've done and what they bring to the table so how can you discredit what they bring to the table over margot robbie she doesn't want that guys she doesn't want that
0: yeah stop (laughs) listen margot robbie is slowly becoming like one of my favorite people in hollywood because she understands how the game works and she is so good in front of a camera. And I don't just mean in film. I mean PR, like yeah. PR related. Like I remember when Joe Coy made that like <laughs> super awful joke um, or at least people perceived it as an awful joke. I thought it; I thought his execution was where the problem was. Um, but like when he made that awful joke and she just laughs, you know? And I, it's like, yeah, because you... You understand the industry that you're in. And she now has transcended, like, just acting. She is a fucking producer. She produced Saltburn. She produced so many other things. Like, she is more than just someone in front of the camera. Like,
1: no, 1000%. And I think people forget that, um, that aren't immersed in the industry, that they're like, oh, she's not getting her credit. It's Like, no, that nomination for Barbie was to see, like, I see you, I heard you, I saw what you did. Every nomination for Barbie is. For Margot. Yeah. Really. And,
0: and going back to Top Gun Maverick. I don't think that Tom Cruise should have been in the running last year either. Like I like those are movies that are fun popcorn movies. That Like Tom Cruise had emotional moments in Top Gun Maverick. That doesn't just because like he showed a range of
1: acting doesn't mean that like. It was the best acting. Right. Like it it ca- qualified for one of those five spots. And I think that's something that we just need to remember for our everyday movie watchers. That There are a lot of these movies that you just haven't seen. And you're gonna have to be okay with
0: yeah. And others. that's and frankly that's why like the Golden Globes like intrigues more of the casual viewer than like something like the Academy Awards because like they have a they had they separate everything into two different fucking categories. They have
1: you comedy. Know, they have
0: comedy or musical or, musical or drama. drama. So like they're nominating basically like 20 movies, so it's easier for things to like come up. Well, you know, and then which they that's why dub- you saw Saltburn come up. Yeah, and it's not anywhere near these like awards. It should be. Um,
1: do they do a set design category yet, or no? Huh? Is there a set?
0: Um, th- I mean, you have writing, you have animated documentary, live action, um, you have cinematography, costume design, makeup, and hairstyling. So that that's where and the oh, production. Oh, product.
1: Okay, that's what I was um, wondering.
0: So those are your like uh, technical categories. Um, as far as the best supporting actress goes, we did have a couple um, surprises here. So I thought that yes america ferreira and barbie was definitely a surprise um i i do like america Ferrera, so i'm glad to see her get nominated mm-hmm. um daniel brooks for the color purple so you got your color purple uh acting category right there um emily blunt for oppenheimer jodie foster for nyad and divine joy randolph out of these the only people that i'm like though i that the performance like permeates my mind to this day. Uh, Jodie Foster, Nyad, and Divine
1: Joy Randolph. Those are, I think, right now, the two that I would lean towards. Daniel Brooks for me, like I again, I'm also a musical enthusiast, so yeah. I think that has to come first. Is I loved her performance in that, but I will yeah, say, she was super good. One that I'm really and like, maybe I, I like, I just don't understand the Academy. Again, I went from casual film girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily Blunt. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. So I would have here's the it, thing. have to like
1: my problem is like, and I understand Florence Pugh didn't get enough screen time, but I feel more like more energy from Florence Pugh's short little communist yeah. vibe but, but here's than the Emily thing. Blunt.
0: When you're when you're analyzing these performances, you have to think like the Academy. And the Academy loves that little snippet that they play right before they announce or when they're announcing the actual like um category. Mm. Right. So they they want to say Emily Blunt Oppenheimer, and then it plays that clip of them in the forest where yeah. she basically is like so cold to him and like so cut off and disconnected yeah. from him. They want that clip. So you
1: have to think in
0: terms of <laughs> oh, what they, they're going and to And they use. don't want the
1: clip of uh Florence Pugh on Right Elliot <laughs> right, I want that because clip.
0: Because I because I do think that Florence Pugh had way more of a presence in that movie than Emily Blunt did. But that one scene, that one scene is what propelled her into this. Honestly,
1: all I can think of is like Emily Blunt. All I can think of is like Mary Poppins. So like maybe that's what happens in my head. Yeah,
0: and kind of like a lower, kind of more minor performance was Jodie Foster and Nyad. I think out of all of these, like Jodie Foster's performance, and the reason I don't say Divine right there is because like that movie centers around three characters and she happens to be one of the three characters Mm -hmm. in this triad. So like she automatically... Is going to probably get in this category no matter what. Yeah. Um, even though I think that's also a minor performance, but Jodie Foster, while she has moments in that movie that her performance like elevates a little bit and you know her inflections change and whatnot, that that movie and that performance is pretty one note. I don't know what they're going to clip for her. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. I'm not saying that the performance was one note. I'm saying that the baseline for who usually gets into this, mm-hmm. she has more of a baseline like. That's flat than other people do in this kinda, category. But.
1: Like, I'm gonna make a prediction. It's either gonna be one on the boat, um, like around the can I say this? Is it spoilers? No, no one watched go Go okay. Um Spoiler like, alert. Around it's a true story. Yeah. Anyways. Um around the jellyfish thing. Oh, yeah, that's that's probably it that's, right there. Yeah. Where she's like actually like, like yelling and like or when she jumps into the water with her and she's like one stroke. Next, and she's like oh, counting with her. Yeah, that's what, good. Yeah. look at me. I, I fucking
0: love Jodie Foster. Anyway, <laughs> I, with
1: Jodie Foster in this, incredible. Ten out of ten. I'm very excited. She
0: was the best part of that movie. Yes, love she... you, Annette Benning, but she she was the was she was o- the emotional core. She yeah, was the heart I
1: was of them. the only. I was only watching that for Like he's like, do you want to watch this? After I made him watch Work It on Netflix with Sabrina well, Carpenter and Jordan Fisher, you know watch it. I,
0: I had a I had a feeling that this movie would come up, and I just I had an inkling. It's like an inkling. you have Jodie Foster and Annette Benning here, and like the Academy kind of loves Netflix low key. So like, I'm like, I, I was love just, Netflix like, I, too, which is why I watch May December. Cause I think you could have easily taken out Emily Blunt or America Ferreira lover uh, for uh, like Julian Moore in May, December. I think he could have.
1: My boss does um, watched May December and she asked me um, to explain the ending to her. So I'll need you to tell me what the ending's about.
0: Oh yeah. That whole movie is about performance. So that's what that is. Uh, it, it's a hard movie to grasp for, People that don't watch a lot of films like that, um, but I'll explain it to you.
1: Perfect. Anyway,
0: because <laughs> uh, it does kind of end inconspicuously. She, she's like, I don't
1: understand the ending, and she's like, Have you seen it? And I said, No, I haven't, but Jared has. I'll get him to explain it to me. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I like May December. I don't think I don't think it was like like the best thing to come from this year, but nonetheless, writing an adapted screenplay. We have American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Okay, look um this one is tough now barbie was trying to get into the they were campaigning for original screenplay at the start of this campaign season and i i agree that they should have probably
1: been an original but because there is an existing ip i did the research though none of the other barbie movies in the 64 movies of barbie that there are trust me i've seen them all um there has never been a screen like a film like theatrical theatrical yeah that that's the word yeah They've all basically gone to, like, VOD.
0: Right. Or direct-to-DVD. And so, like, I do think it should have been an original. That screenplay is wholly original. Like, there's nothing that's adapted except for the IP of Barbie about that screenplay.
1: But then again, there is your Greta Gerwig nomination right there. Not a snob.
0: Yeah, true. Um, So, this one's tough, though, because you have Barbie and Oppenheimer in contention. And I just don't see a world in which Oppenheimer does not fucking blow Barbie away. You know what? Like
1: plot twist it goes to american fiction i'm calling it right now
0: it won't uh although i do think that that screenplay what they are able to work with it on the actual technical filmic format adapting it to the screen was actually kind of beautiful there's a couple of scenes in there that i'm like wow you guys did that really well um but in what world do you does barbie win against oppenheimer when oppenheimer's screenplay was written in the first person perspective like of oppenheimer it was written in the first person
1: Barbenheimer.
0: How, how does the Academy not give it to a screenplay like that that's bold in its format? You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, but it's
1: so hard like, to put Barbie against, like, Barbie, this fictional character. That it is, so which is why
0: go- it should have been in original. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> and, just so and hard. And I think had it
0: been in original, it would have fucking blew out this category. Oh, like 1,000%. It, so, unfortunately, they're going up
1: against Oppenheimer, and they will lose. Uh, Oppenheimer is taking this. Um, I'm calling it for American fiction. Okay, fair. A very, a very slim chance, but it made it in the, the top five cut, co- so, you know. It, it, it's also a Best Picture. Yeah. Um, Cord Jefferson didn't get
0: a Best best Directing um, nomination, but he definitely should have. It was his feature directorial debut. Same with Celine Song. You yeah. had two heavy hitters that were just like, wow, like, why haven't you been making films Direc- this whole time?
1: And we just watched another directorial debut that was... Yeah, that was
0: not great. Um, Check out the <laughs> Lisa Frankenstein review. Uh, so, original you have Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May December sneaks in here, and Past Lives from Celine Song. So, again, Celine Song did get a nom for both Best Picture and for writing. So, it was good to see. Um, on a script level, I've seen all of these, but Anatomy of a Fall. Jesus, I need to see that because it just keeps haunting me that I haven't seen it yet. <laughs>
1: it's like the haunting of Anatomy of Fall.
0: <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> So the Holdovers had a really good script. Like I said, you could literally smell the lead character sitting in your seat. Uh, So that was kind of cool. Could you? You
1: could. could. you really? You
0: definitely could. Could you? Um, uh, Maestro was also really good. Um, I don't think Maestro has any shot here, nor do I think May-December has any shot. So you
1: think it's a past lives or the Holdovers? Or Anatomy of the Fall?
0: No, I think it it, it probably likely will be Anatomy of the Fall. Uh, Just because that's kind of, how everything's stacking up. So it's a courtroom drama. Mm. I don't know if you know too much about it, Nope. Um, but it's a courtroom drama. And what what do you think of when you think of the Academy? You think of like um, three angry men and like you think of,
1: I don't think of the Academy.
0: Okay. Well, you, 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 there's this like poshness and like a courtroom drama. Come on. Like, anyway, that's, that'll take the cake. Although I definitely
1: think it should have gone to past lives. Your best animated feature, which is my category, um, you have the boy and the haroon, elemental, neom ne, uh, blah blah, nemona, nemona. I literally knew how to say that, and I broke my brain. Uh, Robot dreams, Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Um, let's just be real. Listen, I'm gonna say it. I think that Spider Man across the Spider Verse is so freaking good, but it's gonna go to boy, the boy and the haroon. Sure it, it always does. Every time they're in. Every time that they exist, they they it's theirs. Let's just yeah. call it what well, it is. Well,
0: this is also Miyazaki's last film. Yeah. Um, according to Miyazaki. We'll see how that turns out. Um,
1: it's always everyone's last it, film right. until they win. Daniel
0: Day-Lewis they- retired, but now he's in talks to come back for a film. So there you go. Like, yeah,
1: like It's always everyone's last time. Yeah. Oh, Tom Brady. It's,
0: these people are creatives <laughs> at heart, so they might take a break. They might take a long break, but they'll come back.
1: Or they'll do, like all of a sudden they pass away unfortunately, and then they're like, oh, here's like seven hundred different scripts that they like in movies that they just never <laughs> brought to light. And someone goes, and they go, here we'll let you pr- this person buy this IP and rework it, and they're still going to get their credit.
0: Yeah, So the- I, I definitely think it's going to be the Boy and the Heron or Spider Man. Though, uh, fun fact: this was the last category in two thousand one that they had introduced was the animated feature cate- category. Excuse me, because they didn't want to impede with animated films on their precious best picture so they gave it another category
1: oh wasn't it kind of shrek i feel like it was
0: something around that time no i think it it might have been
1: i think this was a trivia that we did in the um academy trivia Mm. i'm pretty sure it was shrek the one where you did really bad oh
0: yeah where shrek won the first yeah yeah well because in this situation like do i i honestly do think spider-man across the spider-verse is better than well I would have put it in here over don't Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> or I would have put it in over Barbie. I, I just think it's It's so good. It's a good film. And so I think, you know, they they did a cop out giving it the animated section a whole category. But he
1: said, I'ma do my everyone keeps telling me who I'm supposed to be. Nah. I'ma do my own thing.
0: Yeah, it was so it was so good.
1: Top tier. It's back Um, in theaters and I will be going to see it again.
0: uh, Best documentary feature. I haven't watched any of this, but go read the full list of nominations. International feature. You have Society of the Snow, uh, which is from Spain. Um, That one is on Netflix right now. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm getting around to watch it. It's in my watch list. Uh, The Teacher's Lounge, The Zone of Interest, and Perfect Days. Um, And uh, Io Capitano from Italy. So... The Teacher's Lounge I am actually going to see this weekend. I haven't seen it yet. Um, But I hear really good things about that film. Uh, We instead
1: saw Lisa Frankenstein, unfortunately. I told him (laughs) that we could divvy up the responsibilities and I would go see Lisa Frankenstein. We definitely should have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as far as everything that comes after, let's talk about maybe some of the technical categories. So let's talk about cinematography. Uh, El Conde, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Uh, Oppie. Respectfully it will be Oppenheimer. I think the next one in contention would probably be Poor Things. Yeah. Um, Just because I think Robbie Ryan who works with uh, Yorgos a lot on his films um, they use this like really cool fisheye lens kind of look. They did it in The Favorite and it's just so cool to see on screen where everything's kind of more spherical Mm -hmm. than you would normally be watching like a flat presentation. And it's just a cool way to kind of like gauge the world of yorgos lanthimos makeup and hair styling maestro poor things. society of the snow golda
1: it's gonna go to poor things that's my opinion
0: i think it might go i think this is the one where maestro might take it um the actual practical effects that they used for leonard bernstein on bradley cooper um he literally looks like leonard so
1: like Okay, I, I think that that will probably take the makeup and hair styling. Um Best original song. Let's go. The fire inside. "Flaming Hot. I'm just Ken. Barbie. It never went away. American Symphony. A, a song for my people. Killers of the Flower Moon. What was I made for from Barbie? Now listen. Um, a song for my people probably one of the best songs on here i haven't even heard it but i just know it's gonna hit um and i probably will just listen because i can listen to the best original songs a lot faster than i can watch these movies yep um i'm honestly only excited about seeing i'm just ken on here because i want to see him perform that at the oscars so (laughs) i know and he's trying so hard not to and everyone i think the academy did this just so he'd have to perform it they were like probably they're like you know what yeah i'm just ken i do really um hope that it does go to um it never went away though that's my personal opinion
0: yeah, I get you. Um, and John Batiste is kind of like on this upward trajectory too right now. I mean, just with the Grammys and everything, like he was. I didn't realize how much he was nominated for the Grammys until I was watching. I was oh like, yeah, he was. Oh hit. shit, you're everywhere. Um, what was I made for is clearly gonna. And I think honestly, out of this bunch that they've selected, I do think that that is the best song. So I would get, I would give it to Barbie and you know, stupid, Billie Eilish for that.
1: Billie Eilish, um, but Phineas. But Phineas...
0: He had to save her again at the Grammys. Oh, God. Because she just was rambling. Um, and wasn't thanking the and people. And wasn't thanking... She, she did thank the Recording Academy, but she... I don't know. She was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I can't believe And she just kept saying that over and over and over again. So eventually Phineas chimed in and he was like... Yeah, this wouldn't be possible without X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. And the I was same like, way thank he did you. at
1: their first Academy thing where she said, thank you so much. And she's like about to wrap it up. And he goes, and we'd like to thank the Academy.
0: <laughs> she's hilarious. And I don't know how she hasn't failed. up. I mean, she's failed upwards at this point. Yeah. Uh, she's like
1: just flail. Well, and then oh, she's the one that did the, no, it wasn't her. It was someone else that said that. And it pissed me off.
0: So moving on. Uh, let's talk about the original score because there are a few on here that I like. You have John Williams from The Dial of Destiny, Indiana Jones, classic John Williams, love him. American Fiction, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. We know it's going to go to Oppie. It probably should.
1: Ludwig, I did not realize how young he is. Yeah. Oh my God, he's in the fact and that And he's
0: everywhere dude. He's Black Panther like he he scored, you know, I don't know if he scored the last one. He scored no, the first one. No, I'm pretty one. sure he
1: did um, Wakanda What Forever. I'm pretty did sure he? I saw him on the cuz he
0: he did he did definitely did the first Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's on. He he's done so much uh the Mandalorian theme song that we all love courtesy of Ludwig. Um so I think that Lud, Ludwig and Ludwig by the way has won Oscars already. Um Yeah, he did
1: Wakanda Forever as well. He did Turning Red, Creed 2, Tenet
0: look up what he's won real quick I mean, because he okay. definitely has already won once
1: he has 52 wins one oscar win
0: yeah what was that oscar win for i can't remember off the top of my head
1: let's go i'm curious Bye-bye. definitely
0: someone that i like every time i see his name attached to a project i'm like i gotta go see it just for the score like
1: mm-hmm.
0: just for the score
1: uh hold on i'm looking you already know what he won for his hmm. first Oscar? Black Panther. Wakanda Forever, but not that one. Yeah,
0: right. Oh, so he did win for Black Panther. Cool. Yep. Good.
1: He did get a nomination as well for Wakanda Forever.
0: Um, yeah, the Academy loves that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, film editing, Anatomy of the Fall, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Um, it probably should go to either Oppenheimer or Poor Things. Yeah. Um, it'll probably go to Oppenheimer. Sound. This is an interesting one. You have um, sort of like things that don't usually come out of the fold on these things, except for in these categories, uh, come out, like Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. You also have Maestro, The Creator, Oppenheimer, and The Zone of Interest. Um, Unfortunately, they're competing against Oppenheimer.
1: They have no chance. Yep. Uh, Let's go. Best visual effects. You have, again, The Creator, Godzilla Minus One, which is what I hope takes this Um, gardens of the galaxy volume three mission impossible dead reckoning part one and Napoleon again, I'm rooting for Godzilla minus one. And after that, if it's not that gardens of the galaxy volume three, but I think this is where Godzilla minus one deserves that.
0: Yeah. I think I honestly, I think it should go either mission impossible Godzilla minus one or the creator Um, just because the creator that it was uh, not my favorite sci-fi film they shot it for $70 million and it looks like it's 150 plus. Like it is actually revolutionary how they managed to stay within that production budget. But they
1: also shot Godzilla minus one for like $20 yes. million. Dollars, yep. And it literally looks like it's more expensive than like, and Mission I'm so Impossible sad. Bed,
0: right? I'm so sad. I didn't like go out to the theater and watch it. Uh, minus color. Mm-hmm. I, I will be buying that movie specifically in minus color, uh, just so I can watch it again. Cause it's so good. Um, That's basically all we have for the Oscars, y'all. I mean, there are some other, you know, categories that we didn't go over, like documentaries and stuff. um, But that's basically the sum of it. Mainly, I just didn't go over that category because I, this has been like the first year where I hardly watched any
1: docs, which kind of sucks a good thing he doesn't need to watch any more documentaries guys (laughs) i am i am kind of plugged in culturally to everything that's going on (laughs) so so. i'm like please i don't need to hear about uh, the political climate the the current news the film news and documentaries on top i'm good i already have based on the true story i got you (laughs) i got you (laughs) the
0: uh the docs though in the in recent years have been some of my favorite films like i think of um agnes varda's last one uh Her last pseudo-documentary, Faces Places. And I also think about Dr. Ruth, which is something that Hulu did a while back about Dr. Ruth Carter, who's like this... she was like an on-air sex therapist That's in so the cool. 70s and 80s. And like, that was at a time when people didn't want to really talk about. It. And she was so accepting, like the way that she talked about like AIDS on air with people. Like just, I mean, truthfully, one of the greatest women of all time in my book. And those are two of my, like definitely probably in my top 30 films of the last decade. Yeah. like so like you know
1: all i can think about is when the golden globes um had my uh, like my my octopus teacher win over like the black lives matter um documentary and yeah, like was... and they're like my octopus teacher really shows humanity at it hello yeah read the
0: room <laughs> not the, read the room not, not the year for that um <laughs> but <laughs> i'm sure it was a lovely documentary No hate on the documentary. But, but, like,
1: just read the – don't say that. You should just say, yeah, it shows this natural balance between humanity and animals and how much we can learn in compassion towards others. That would have been a great thing to say. Somebody should, (laughs) should, like, ask me to write their scripts because I got it. I got you.
0: Yeah. So that is the Oscar rundown for this year, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, This is a monthly podcast now. I hope you enjoy that. I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings too much. Um, but we figured this way Ren can come for a little bit, talk about a few things, and there's more of a interesting dynamic between two hosts rather than me talking to myself.
1: And me responding in the bedroom while I'm watching my shows. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, make sure to go out and follow us on all the podcasting platforms that you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, soon to be YouTube, uh, and make sure to rate the podcast too because it helps in the algorithm and – um We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Which will be the last one before we are officially in another state, by the way.
1: Whoa. Sneak peek.
0: Sneak peek. Sneak peek. See ya.